Hi everyone, welcome to this episode of the Discovering Humanity in Health podcast. My name is Sri and today we have Shanna and Dr. Kaur with us. So Shanna, you can start us off today. Okay, hi Dr. Kaur. So um, first thing first, could you like introduce yourself to us? Yes, absolutely. My name is Dr. Abhinash Kaur. I'm a general dentist in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. I graduated from the University of Western Ontario in 2004 and uh, shortly after that in 2006 is when I bought my private practice. Uh, Other than that, uh, I have two children uh, who are 10 and 13 and I'm involved in some charities outside of work as well. Interesting. Okay. So um, you're... What does we saw that in your Instagram? Um, it's called the Village Dentist. Uh, we were wondering what does the Village Dentist mean, and is there any symbolic meaning behind it? So, a village. When you think about a village, to me, it means having a close knit community, having a support system that you can rely on. And when, interestingly, when I was looking for a practice to buy, I had this uh, idea in my head of having. Um, practice where I could live and work in the same community and the universe uh, was on my side and I was so lucky to have found the practice where I'm at now because I had the opportunity to live and work there for many years. Uh, The Bloor West community, it's called Bloor West Village, is where my practice is located and it is that in terms of a small community that values small businesses, it values living sustainably, it values supporting local businesses. So it was such a nice feeling to be part of that and to raise our kids there. Um, And we lived there for 13 years and I'm still practicing there. So that's what um, the village dentist, that's where the name comes from. I see, that's really great and expiring. And 13 years is a really long time. Um, so next question, um, what experiences have led you to choose dentistry? So dentistry wasn't something that I wanted to do from a young age. However, I knew I wanted to be in the medical field. So whether it was going to be a doctor, medical doctor, or be uh, optometrist, or some sort of uh, uh, profession of that sort. Uh, So all through high school and undergrad, I knew that was my goal. And when I got to undergrad, I was in my second year and I had a very close friend of mine. We were always together and uh, she decided to go into dentistry. And that was the point where she inspired me. Uh, That's when I started giving dentistry some serious thought. I remember that's when I went to my own dentist and started asking questions about, okay, what does the field of dentistry really involve? So that was the turning point where I made a decision to um, apply to dental school. And I'm so happy that uh, I did make that decision because I have the now from the work that I do, I have the power to change somebody's life. And the reason I say that is a smile is so important to express how you're feeling, 
to your self-esteem, to your confidence. And when I can help somebody improve their smile, it's the best feeling in the world. It's, it's just, it's, it's indescribable because it's like uh, having that skill, having that gift to help somebody out of pain, but more importantly, help them enhance or beautify their smile. It's, it's such an amazing thing. Wow, I've never thought of it that way. It's really well said and well put and inspirational even. Um, moving on, um, I have, you've mentioned before that you had children. Um, so how do you actually balance your career and personal life? Yeah, this is a, a tough um, thing that I'm still working on because I'm the type of person who always likes to be busy. I'm a workaholic, although my husband wouldn't agree with me, but I'm always go, go, go. So uh, I'm still, believe it or not, working on this work-life balance. So a lot of times, sometimes even I'm at home and um, I'll be working on case presentations or treatment planning. So what I've learned through the years is that I do have to set a schedule. I have to set priorities in terms of, okay, th these are the things I really need to get done. This is how much time I have. And then prioritize family time as well. So making sure that I'm uh, spending enough time with the kids, with my husband, uh, with the rest of the family. So it, over time, I've just learned that I also have to let some things go, that I can't do everything that's there that needs to be done. So I've learned Pick what's important to you and spend your time and energy on what matters the most. So I don't always have a clean house. I don't always have um, time to do everything I want, but uh, it's picking and choosing, right? Wow, really? Yeah, that's so real. And the way that you put it, it's like everyone expects like for a doctor you should or a dentist, you should have your life all planned out. But what you said really put into perspective, stuff into perspective. Um, so moving on, what were some of the challenges that you face as you pursued your career? So when I went into dental school, we learned you know, hands-on about dentistry. We learned about uh, all the technical aspects, all the science behind it. However, we never learned about the business aspect of dentistry. And at the end of the day, especially in Canada and in uh, the US as well, you are running a business. And not having a business background, that was one of the biggest challenges when I bought my practice. So knowing uh, what to do, what not to do, how to grow the business, my husband and I really did a lot of it by trial and error. So I think having a business background or having some knowledge would have been uh, very beneficial in order to progress faster. However, I'm very lucky into where I am now because um, we were able to um, learn quickly from if we made a mistake, we, we use that as a learning experience. So having a business background was definitely a challenge. The other thing I found to be a challenge was not having a mentor during the early years. I did associate with another dentist for um, 
to uh, one and a half to two years when I graduated. However, he wasn't always there to guide me in terms of if there was a complex case, how should you treatment plan or what things to look for. So I think that was uh, something that I was missing. And not everybody has that opportunity to have that, but that's definitely something if you have the opportunity to do, having a mentor is so valuable. And the third thing I would say is uh, having the right mindset is important because a lot of times I would also doubt myself in terms of, oh, you know, uh, taking steps that would help me grow would be like, oh, what if this happens or what if you can't, what if you fail type thing. So having those thoughts in your mind are also um, challenges that I face that I'm still learning how to get over those, right? Having positive thinking, having somebody that believes in you and uh, just every day thinking that, you know, I'm going to take this chance and it's okay knowing that it's okay to fail because failure is a way that we can grow. Failure is a way that we can learn and move forward. Yes, I totally agree with you. And that's really eye-opening about the business part. I really never thought of that. Um, and I think, yeah, I agree. We learn things every day. And I believe that we can improve ourselves from failure. Um, so I think Sari can take it from here. Yeah, of course. So I wanted to ask you if you had any advice to give to undergraduate or even high school students on how to get admission to dental school and also how to handle the pressures of dental school. So I was a very uh, competitive person or student when I was in high school and undergrad, and I wanted to always uh, be in the top you know, three uh, of my class. And I feel like I didn't spend time enjoying the things that I could have um, when I was in high school and undergrad. And so my advice is first and foremost, spend time to think about what you really enjoy doing. What is it that makes you happy? What is it that uh, you're passionate about and I know it can be hard as a high school or undergrad student to figure that out but look at some of the things you enjoy doing do you like spending time with people do you like getting to know others do you like being outside do you like working with your hands so those are all important things to figure out who you are as a person and then seeing if medicine or dentistry is something you're passionate about then set your goal um, and write it down and then figure out what steps you'll need to get there and then go for it. Um, the third thing I would say is know that working hard is what's going to help you achieve your goals because not a lot of people are born geniuses, but it's hard work that really helps you to achieve what you really want. It's every day working towards your goal. Find a mentor that can guide you. Uh, it could be somebody in your family, it could be somebody in your school, it could be reaching out to somebody in the community, uh, somebody you really um, admire, whose work you may have seen on social media, reach out to them. And most of the time people are willing to help. Uh, they're just like you. They're not going to be, sometimes they might say, hey, I don't have time, but hey, the worst thing could be they might say no, but reach out and see if you can find a mentor. 
And lastly, I'd be, I'd say that enjoy the journey because when you look back at 10, 20 years from now, you might feel that that high school or undergrad time when you're going through it, it's so stressful because you're just like, I want to grow up and be what I want to be, but really live in the present and enjoy that time that you have now. That was such great advice. Yeah, as a 17 year old, it's so easy to get caught up in all this academic pressure and high school life. So that was very maturing. Thank you. I live in the US and recently there's been a lot of racial injustice going on right now. So I know that you're based in Canada. So I was wondering if racial injustice is prominent in Canada as well. And if so, how has that affected you or your practice in any way? Yeah, so being in Canada, because we're so close to the U.S., what happens in the U.S. definitely has an impact on our lives as well. And the last few years, especially since Trump was in power, we saw an increase in racial injustices and people who uh, were could be racist or, you know, they weren't vocal about it then felt that they could be, right? So we definitely have seen an increase in uh, people coming out of the closet, quote unquote, and making their opinions heard. And uh, I guess I'm personally haven't been affected by it, but however, because my husband and my boys are a visible minority, they feel it more. And it angers me because it's just because the way their skin color is or physically they look different that people will treat you differently. And underneath, we have to look at it's the same values that everybody has. And most of the people want to do good. They um, want to make society a better place. They want to help their neighbors. And it's unfortunate that you know, you're being judged on the way you look. So I really hope that people can look beyond that, that they can grow and look at the values that everybody provides, look at what's good inside them rather than the physical appearance. Yeah, that's a hope that I have as well, too. It's very sobering to think about how certain people get treated certain ways just because of their appearance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I also saw that you volunteered in Zambia and Africa as well. So can you share any memorable experiences from that? Oh, my God, yes. Um, Not just one. I have a few. So when I went to Zambia, that was my first time ever being on a mission of that sort. And uh, I didn't know what to expect. When we went there, we were a team of three other volunteers and we were taken to a small village where uh, we were introduced to two different schools and the schools had no electricity one of the schools was had only one teacher that uh, was teaching like 200 kids and he was telling us how he had um, kids that he would teach from class to class and he would give them one class a lesson then he would run to the other class and he would just alternate between them and that to me was 
unrealistic. It was just like, how do you do that? The other thing was they didn't have running water. So that was another um, eye opener that people would have to walk almost sometimes an hour just to get clean drinking water. And then the third thing we were introduced was to the medical and dental clinic in that village. And um, they had a dental therapist there that had been there for almost four or five months. However, the village people didn't know that they had a dental therapist. One of the reasons was because she wasn't able to really do much for them because she didn't have any instruments or equipment available to her. The government had said that they would give her the tools that they would need, but it had been almost five months and she had received nothing. So we were able to help when we went in a few different aspects. And uh, some of the things that we were able to help do was bring running water to the village and the joy on everybody's faces when that water pump started was um, so beautiful to watch that, you know, they were dancing, they were singing, it was so beautiful. Um, the other thing we were able to do was buy textbooks for the schools there and buy some desks for the school children and giving them the, just the basic necessities. It was, it was so heartwarming to that, knowing that we're so privileged here and giving just some simple tools, some simple books, some, these little things that you wouldn't even think about in North America or the developed world. And here they were so happy. Uh, and then the third thing was for the dental therapist, we were able to uh, get instruments that she could use to help people who had infections. So forceps and elevators to help her do extractions. And um, she was, uh, she was just like, Oh my God, like, you know, she didn't even have anesthetic syringes because she wasn't given anything. So it, to give her that, like she said, the next day she was able to extract a woman's tooth who had a, an infection in her tooth. So, and recently I have talked to the dental therapist a few weeks ago and asked her, Hey, how's it going? Um, have you uh, been able to do a lot of procedures? And she said, no, the government still hasn't given her any equipment that she needs. And that was two years ago. So she's still working with the tools that we were able to donate. And it's amazing to know that we had an impact on people's lives. That's so beautiful and very selfless. And I know that a lot of high schoolers and maybe even undergrads would love to get involved in opportunities like that. So do you have any advice on how to take part in such opportunities? So look in your own city, because there are so many organizations that you might not be aware of. The organization that I'm part of is called Khalsa Aid, and they're an international organization. They have chapters across the world. So looking for organizations that provide humanitarian aid. And there could be, like I said, they could be just in your backyard. For example, look at what you're doing in terms of getting involved with uh, organizations that are grassroots like yourself. Um, and 
it doesn't really have to be that you have to go across the world to help those in need. There are so many people that are in our own city, in our own neighborhood that need help. And we just have to be willing to take that chance and take that opportunity and help those that are um, in need. I know there's organizations in Toronto that help the homeless. They'll make food, they'll make care packages that, and they'll go distribute to the, those that are um, less fortunate just in their own city. And those are, I think, opportunities that we sometimes don't think about, but they're just as valuable. Thank you so much for the advice. And thank you so much for answering all these questions. It was a great session and I learned so much. Thank you for having me. I had a great time. I love meeting um, new people and especially those in high school and university because you guys are our future and uh, anything that we can do to help and answer any questions, I would, I love doing that. So thank you for having me on your podcast. And that concludes this episode of Discovering Humanity and Health. Thank you so much for listening. Make sure to check out other episodes at www.humanityandhealth.org.